sex toys are treated like replacements for people or like things that are going to emasculate somebody. And I'm like, nobody feels emasculated when you use a fork to eat. Nobody right. feels emasculated when you use a power drill to construct something. And then my friends were like, don't you masturbate? And I was like, what the fuck is that? I don't. I never even thought about it's it. It's such a clunky word too. I, and when you have a vulva, there's not like any, not that many cute words for it. No. I mean, I say jacking off. Right. Like I've claimed that word for myself. Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, I'm joined by sex educator Zoe Ligon, and we're talking about, God, so much on this show, from sexual mental health to chastity to dildos. Trust me, this show is chock full. Topics include why it's okay to take a break from dating, sex, or masturbation because we can all use one once in a while. Dildos, there are so many different types, so how do you find the right one for you? So how do you have fun getting into new kinks and exploring with your new partner? and the latest and greatest in the world of sex tech. All this and more. Thanks for listening. I want to tell you about one of the oldest and most trusting relationships in my life. It's probably the only one that's like never really let me down. I'm talking, of course, about the magic wand. I mean, the magic wand was a big part of my life, even before I started the show. And it's not going anywhere in my life or anyone else's. I mean, you want to know why? The magic wand has been delivering pleasure for 50 years. That's a long time. And it's still the best-selling massage wand in the world. I think it has something to do with all that power. I mean, they don't call it the Cadillac vibrators for nothing. Whoa, it's a good one. And even though it's not easy to improve on something so timeless, they did it again with the latest version called the Magic Wand Plus, and it is Awesome. So like the original, the Magic Wand Plus is a full-size plug-in massage wand. It features a soft silicone head, easy-to-use controls, and variable speed that lets you go from a low rumble to OMG with the push of a button. And if you don't have a Magic Wand in your life, trust me, you should. There are now three models to choose from, original, rechargeable, and the all-new Plus. You can see them all and get one for yourself at sexwithemily.com slash magicwand. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash magicwand. You got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. The girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean? Like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. But you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, check out sexwithemily.com. You're going to love our site. I know it. And you can find me on SiriusXM Radio. I'm there Monday through Friday, 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific on Stars 109. And it is such a good time. And if you don't have SiriusXM, you can still call in with your questions, 888-947-8277. And if you want a free trial, you can go to sexwithemily.com slash s. XM. As always, you can find us on all social media. It's at Sex with Emily across the board. All right, guys, I hope you enjoy this show with Zoe Ligon. Welcome back, Zoe, to the show. It's we're just going to start because there's here. so much. I love seeing you. Okay, last time we were here, we talked about the unrealistic parts of porn. 
Mm, A myriad of sex toys that were both from Michigan. A lot of the (laughs) stuff we've gone through. And so what what since then? It's been a year. I feel like I love your Instagram. How can people find you on your Instagram? I'm at Thongria. Fascinating. Uh, That's my personal account. But the sex toy store that I own and run is Shop Spectrum Boutique. Shop Spectrum Boutique. Check check that out. So it's it's so such a great mix of everything. The toys, the who you are, what you're going through. It's very real and vulnerable, everything that you're putting out there. So what has happened in the last year? Do you feel like there's been any shifts? Let's talk with our industry. Mm. Any shifts in sex that you've seen or with toys or products or anything happening? There are so many new innovative things. And when people talk about sex tech innovation, I feel that my previous assumption was like, oh, something robotic, something app compatible. But I think that the coolest innovations are things that are actually non-motorized and just like really ingenious shapes. Tell me. The New York Toy Collective Jack is a two-in-one masturbation sleeve and packer. So it's like, you know how there's those packing penises that you can wear to get a bulge? They created a super soft silicone one that is also a stroker. So it's like a realistic phallus that also is a stroker. And there's like other strokers out there. Most of them are elastomer and not silicone. And none of them look like a penis. Right. So just great for gender affirmation. It's hard to... I'm like, why aren't more people making silicone strokers? Because... You can get silicone that soft yeah. safely these days. Yeah, so I don't why know not? why. So you're saying it could be in your pant and you could have it as your packer. Yeah. But then you're like, oh, and now it's time to, to masturbate. Exactly. And it's there already. Seamless. I love a twofer. I love things yeah. that work for all. I do too. Couples twice. Okay, so it seems like there's definitely more products and companies run by women, made for women, by women. A lot definitely. of the CBD, THC stuff. <sighs> products like last year at the show, there was... <laughs> What do you think? I think that CBD is like, it's interesting that the sex industry has taken CBD under its wing because I have noticed a lot of crossover people who used to work in the cannabis industry now getting into the sex industry. There's definitely like a a nice friendship between the industries I'm surprised, first of all, sex and drugs, like why didn't it happen sooner? But I guess can't because it's just becoming legal everywhere. (laughs) I don't even consider cannabis a drug at this point. It's like my daily medicine as a card-carrying Michigander. (laughs) Right, exactly. How have you found it helps or others maybe that you hear from too for sex? Like the lubes and and even just anxiety. I personally use the Foria Awaken the most. I just like the smell of it and I'm not usually like a scent and fragrance person but it's pretty mild. It it makes, I hate when people use terms like, it's going to change your orgasm, because everybody's experience of it is so different. Right. But for me, it just feels like the sensations in my G-spot or just all of the sensations feel more easily accessible. Right. I have a really hard time feeling like connected to my body and staying present, especially during sex. It's really easy to let your mind water, wander when you don't feel totally comfortable right. in your body. Um, and I'm sure we're going to get deeper into this, but like yeah, as a very trauma centric educator at the moment, just because yeah. I've been unpacking so much childhood and sexual trauma that it's like, okay, I really need things to get me 
focusing on what I want to be focusing on. Right. Another thing I oddly am really into right now is feather ticklers. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah, it's something that I've sold for years now and just been like, it's great. It arouses right, like your I senses. Wanted, I, exactly. Dude, exactly. Like, no, I love feather ticklers. I want to like make a deluxe line of feather ticklers because I hate how they're all so inexpensive and fall apart really they easily. Do. Or you get some drags in your <laughs> lube and there it goes. Like some soggy feather tickler that doesn't feel good. If it's it gets like, me. yeah, it's like body ASMR. Yeah. And I, I just feel really numb in my body a lot. It sucks. Yeah. And it is a different type of stimulation that isn't like touch, but really, you know, it sends that gives me the tingles yeah, as I, ASMR does. So but I love ASMR. Just learning what that is too recently. I did not know. It's yeah. like, how do you, it's sent, it's the sound yeah. of things that. An auditory or sometimes visual, like now people are like, feelings and Auditory, yeah. visual things can set it off but it's just the sensation of tingles going exactly. down your spine and it's one of those feelings that you know when you feel it and otherwise you don't I discovered that I was like ASMR sensitive when I went to the eye doctor growing up because he'd be looking in my right. he'd be looking in my eye and be like so how school right. <laughs> I'd, I'd be like oh right. I'm so uncomfortable right, exactly. I'm the eye but doctor that's a good one exactly that's so funny <laughs> okay wait so tickler so tell me like would it be if you did start a line of tick, would it be like different size feathers? Or are you just like, is yeah. it just that? Just- Maybe one that could cover more surface area. Yeah. I mean, I guess I don't like the idea that feathers come from animals, but like a large, if we could what make we found more on like, the ground. Yeah, like found on the ground feathers. <laughs> but yeah, maybe it. just more surface area, better adhesives I don't know so tell me how you use the feather because that's because you're right and all the things you're saying I'm like buy that get this feather tickler it's really cool for center but let's go deeper tell me about an experience that you've had with a feather tickler oh yes yeah uh I did Midori's Forte Femme in San Francisco last August I believe and in her goodie bag there were two feather ticklers you know and I'm like okay well I sell these you know like I'll take them anyway though you know I'll give it to a friend and then my boyfriend opened my boyfriend was with me in San Francisco and we like open up the bag and like he just ignores everything else and he's just like these I love them and then it's literally like I just lay down on the bed like I'm on an examination table mm-hmm. just like you know plopped there naked and you know you can use two at once or one at once but he'll just like it's like a massage right. but with feathers right. and it's like not it's inherently like sexual the, no, but either all the erogenous zones mm-hmm. and you're tickling them all over your body I mean that's, that's I know hot. and it's also not as strenuous as giving somebody a massage so I feel like it's a really sweet way that we connect even if we're not going to like have any other type of intercourse right. but we just want to be like intimate I love it's that. like intimacy over sex for me what? these days. Not that sex isn't no, part of the No, when you say sex, equation. we're talking intercourse and we are on this, right? We're yeah, on the same yeah. page that like the, the fact that it's all defined by just penis and vagina sex, which is as educators we talk about, but really like I all the time, so many of the questions we get asked and in life are like, what's wrong with me because I can't orgasm during intercourse yeah. um, my penis is getting softer then don't have intercourse guess what yep. there's so many other things on the table everyone let's get on board with that okay, like if I have so any mission frequently. right like what else is on the table and then also just letting people are just and you realize every day they're shocked people don't realize that we somehow feel like we fail if the orgasm doesn't come from intercourse if you kind of had sex or virginity is just penetration so the whole thing is like 
insane to me because there is just dragging feathers. And who knows if you got a feather tickler or you got something else might lead to sex more, more likely to than just making out with your partner and then sticking it in or doing whatever, which is something that doesn't work for many people. No. I mean, and so many people learned how to stimulate themselves with humping yeah. a pillow or like an armchair or whatever. How did you learn? <sighs> sex toys. Really? That was the first thing? You got found a sex toy? You yeah. I had partnered sex for five years before I even dreamt of masturbating. It's so weird to think back on what that mental block was, but I think it's, again, one of those blocked off trauma areas where it's like, I don't want to feel my own body with my own hands for whatever reason. So I needed, and I still at present need a tool that I can use to interact with my body. And that is great. That's, that's lovely for me, but it's like sex toys are treated like replacements for people (sighs) or like things that are going to emasculate somebody. And I'm like, Nobody feels emasculated when you use a fork to eat. Nobody feels emasculated when you use a power drill to construct something. So why is this extension of your hand so different from any other appliance? Exactly. So what do you say to that when people are like, why? I don't need a toy. We don't need that. Or or it does feel like it's an affront to my masculinity. People all the time are like, why do I need a toy? Like I had this conversation three times already today, three different interviews. So I just want to hear what you say. I, it probably depends who you're talking to. Yeah, it's like, it depends on the tone of voice so much as well. First of all, you don't have to don't use toys, it. of course. But if you want to use something and you are afraid about bruising somebody else's ego, why are you prioritizing somebody else's needs before your own? I think the way it comes up for me the most is like, I want a sex toy, but something that's like really inoffensive so that my boyfriend won't have a problem with it. And it's, you know, it's generally the the male partner who is the person of concern. Although it's totally a double standard when it comes to toys for penises, how that is stigmatized as being, you know, weird and creepy. Exactly. I don't need that. I got the hand. What do I need it for? But it's like, just try it because sex is this beautiful sensory experience, sensory experience that we're so limited. Like we just only see, we, we all just, many of us just scratch the surface of what's possible. So what if you did like the stroker? How cool would that be? Yeah. I'm honestly just getting so excited to get older and feel even more comfortable in my body. I'm 27. I feel like my 20s are just like struggling, clawing my way out of adolescence. I I really just want to be an older person with with the life experience behind me to make me confident enough to not be this people pleaser who will get all walked over just to like keep the peace or like... I'm this person who will just like be like, oh, like you decide things. And it's like I've deprived myself of this autonomy to the point where I have a hard time even figuring out what my actual needs are. And then if you can't communicate that to somebody, like how can you expect a partner to just figure everything out for you? Right. So that's what is so exciting about sex education for me is that I truly feel like I learn alongside everybody else and even if it's a lesson I've already learned I want to continuously relearn the lesson yeah it's just what my brain gets off on yeah it's true I think that you're always the teacher and the student right I think I'm you know you're never done learning and I'm learning I can never hear things enough sometimes it's like 
and every time you hear so it's like reading your favorite book when you go back and mm-hmm. read it again there's always like new things in it so it's like it's the same thing about this this kind of work we do because it hits you at different points in your life but also like like the feather ticker is a great example I've heard about now I can't wait to go home like I've got six <laughs> of them next to my bed and they're just sitting there I know what they are and maybe I've tried it years ago but it always lands differently if you're with different partners you're in different space I want to go to back to something you said about um yeah not masturbating. So this is something that I just came up with this year because I've been doing some trauma work as well. It was more like emotional trauma work around it, but any kind of tra- trauma is all trauma. A lot of mine's emotional, emotional as well. too. Um, and I and I always thought to myself, why did I didn't masturbate either? I was having sex for uh, four or five years before I even uh, heard cut of masturbation. From the same cloth, literally. Me and you. So I was like. In college, I must have been like 21. I was like, okay, guys, what is the big deal about sex? Like, my boyfriend comes in from Michigan State, pounding away at me. I was in Michigan. I'm like, I pounding like Pounding away, truly. Pounding, That's like, all they know how to pounding. do sometimes. And they don't know what 18, 19. No. And then my friends were like, don't you masturbate? And I was like, what the fuck is that? I don't, I never even thought about it's it. It's such a clunky word, too. And when you have a vulva, there's not like any, not that many cute words for it. No. I mean, I say jacking off. Right. Like, I've claimed that word for myself. Good, right. It's better than <laughs> masturbation. I don't even like, there's so many words I don't love around sex. I just want yeah. cunnilingus. I just, I want to change a lot of the words, um, a lot of the phrasing yeah. around sex, even just rebranding sex overall. I know. Um, so anyway, what I realized was I was like, well, then I got mad. I was like, why didn't anyone tell me about it? And then then you hear all the stories about women who were like riding a horse at eight or a bike and mm. the, or they were in the shower and they had an orgasm at nine and they've known. And I was like, well, why didn't I ever think about it? And then I realized... I think I had a lot of anxiety and trauma going up that there was no, I was like probably went to bed every night like wound up in a ball that I wasn't like, let me explore, let me feel. So same thing for me that sex was often very like, I it wasn't until I started masturbating, buying toys that I actually learned to feel stuff during sex. Yeah. And then doing trauma. Have you done like um, trauma therapy at all? Have you done like EMDR? Are you doing talk therapy? I haven't therapy? done that. I'm in talk therapy. I have tried various energy work things and I'm going to try more things. And it's funny because I feel like I always need to preface that by saying like I was raised with a lot of like woo woo stuff, Chinese medicine, homeopathy, you know, my mom had macrobiotic food for me. I, you know, the first meat I ate was rabbit meat, like just alternative lifestyle in the early 90s. So it's funny (laughs) because my therapist was like, you know, it's okay if you don't want to try this out, but sometimes energy work really helps people, but I also know it's a trigger for you, potentially. Right. Oh, I get that. <laughs> but I was that. like, oh, I'm down to try more stuff if you have a person you really want to recommend right. to me. I would recommend it, just yeah. because it's more like, it's sci- it's like scientifically proven to help people with trauma, the way it works in yes. your brain. It's not, I thought it was wooey too, but it's not wooey. It's like, you basically go through your, and it reprocesses the way your brain mm-hmm. is and that when using these little buzzers, it's funny, they're little vibrators you hold in your hand. <laughs> not real vibrators, but they're, so it's interesting to get to learn your body, but I think whether you've trauma or not, for so many women, we are shut down and we're not, so we started this conversation talking about like marijuana, or marijuana, or weed, or how can, <laughs> pot, how, pot with my Michigan accent. With you, you know, like using things like that to get into the mood and to, and that's why I love like sensory play or vibrators or toys because so many of us are still under the belief that, and I get it now because with the series show too, it's like callers from all over the States. That's so cool. It's really cool. It's really cool. And it's like, oh yeah, you're, you're like me, but you're 40 or 50 now and you're in Michigan still or Ohio or anywhere, Florida, you're even in California, parts of California. And it's still like everything else, but penetrative sex is, is, is wrong. And I'm not having pleasure and I've never had pleasure. And then just trying to get people into like 
just experimenting and trying and opening up because a lot of us, like I said, whether time or not, we're still shut down and we haven't had orgasms and we haven't had, you know, what kind of questions are you getting asked most of the day? Do you, we feel like there's trends here that happen and I feel like a lot of it is just about I can't focus during sex. I'm no longer, I'm not <laughs> mindful. Um, I can't have orgasms that. and a lot more pegging questions lately. Yeah, those two. I have noticed, especially since I've started doing my own like sex adjacent podcast called Hot Brain with My Boyfriend. Hot Brain with My Boyfriend. We, it's great because he is not in the sex industry. So I love hearing his impressions of all the questions we get asked because I'm like immune to everything at this point. And he was like picking up on the fact that so many questions are asking about asexuality. And oh, interesting. I think that. I mean, we know that roughly 1% of the population is asexual. And it's also very interesting because I made a post. There was like a butt plug that Blush came out with that had the colors of the asexual pride flag. And I posted that. And it was so interesting how there was a group of asexual folks who were like, this is so awesome. I love that there's like asexual pride flag colors on a butt plug. Um, and you know all of that. Asexual yeah. <laughs> pride colors on a butt plug is I, like my favorite sentence. But then you might also say, okay, asexual, why would there be a butt plug with the asexual pride flag colors? Um, pleasure is a different thing from sexuality. And it actually started a controversy in the comments because there were a lot of asexual people who were like, I like who don't enjoy pleasure whatsoever. And they were like, don't misrepresent asexuals as people who you know want to use a butt plug and you know I wasn't making a statement one way or the other but it was interesting to see asexual folks who do enjoy stimulation whether it's with themselves or with a partner they're romantically attracted to and then the people who are just like this is misrepresentation and I think everybody's correct like we I all think, get to choose what yes. it means to you with anything, right? You're just like trying to show. About, so you get a lot of asexuals. So is it people saying, I'm, I think I'm asexual. Do you think I am? Because yeah. I think people think they are because they don't desire sex. Exactly. But they're not. Yeah. You don't have an entire sex life and then not have sex and suddenly you're asexual. Right. It's, you, I mean, another controversial thing is whether there is a spectrum. I think that the, you know, demisexuality, like asexuality and sexuality, just like romantic attraction is a spectrum. But again, in this butt plug debacle, <laughs> butt plug part debacle. of what Only came in up our business, was, is there a butt bug yeah. debacle? And <laughs> it's a real debacle. Again, yeah. there was like uh, people who were like, I'm asexual and there's no such thing as a spectrum. You're misrepresented. It was just so, I mean, it was fascinating to me as somebody who is sexual, but also, you know, is trying to do their best to educate, you know, from a third person standpoint. Um very interesting stuff. Yeah. But I do think that we are in a particularly intense time to be sexually active right now, not just because of what is socially and politically happening. I think that people are addressing trauma more. I think that just generally when your brain is more unpacking of things in right. the world around you and there's more language and awareness around sexual dynamics it feels a lot more scary to dive back in with that self-awareness of sexuality yeah so sometimes just the education itself makes us want to take a step back to recalibrate like I think the trend for me is like yeah 
you know, being a sex educator isn't like I'm having this wild and crazy sex life or like I'm even good at sex. Right. Like, you don't know if I'm good at sex. Exactly. I might be terrible at Exa- it. Right. Exactly. I There's mean, I'd like to notions. think I know, you know, yeah, you the, the things I could do right. to make it better. But well, like, I love how open you are too. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, I know how to get there, but since we don't want sex, I'm not having sex all the time at all. Yeah. No, in fact. I've been on this little break for about like six, seven months. Hell yeah. You know, it's a lot. It's literally, I don't know if I've gone this long before, but I was just like, I'm so not interested. I was like, I've been in this, um, people were like, well, is it like you're sick of it? People was like, do you get sick of talking about sex? Cause do you having sex? Cause you talk about it all the time. I'm like, chefs still eat. <laughs> right. But right now I've just been, I'm not even, I don't think I'm asexual, but no, I've just, like I said, yeah. working on other things and friends and family, but it's funny, all those things that go out there, but I love that. And I love that you do a great job of this on your Instagram. And I have not listened to your hot brain podcast yet, but I'm it's sure okay. it's awesome. I never like make my even, friends listen same. to it. You know what I mean? I'm never like, um, why didn't you listen to my podcast, Ever. Emily? <laughs> I don't assume that anybody listens. And when my friends do, I'm shocked. That's how I feel as I'm well. I'm like, oh my God, thanks. I would, I'm not a pusher. Yeah, I'm exactly. like, you can listen or not. We're friends before and after. I'm not pushing my stuff onto you. I think it's interesting how sex breaks are so relative because I've I have friends who are like it's been three days and then my friends who haven't had sex for years are just like please give me a break exactly Um. right no it's right people are like oh it's been a month it's been whatever but it was just like yeah I wasn't feeling it you know at this point what I love is your Instagram that you are so open about your confidence and even though you're not like a picture you post you're like I know usually I'll post pictures of my my tummy looking flatter but this is how I am and turning around and I think first time you're a beautiful woman and smart and just to be like this is who I really am and in all the different poses and faces and how would you explain that to you was it through posting things or through just being you that helped with the confidence or have you always had this confidence and I get it's all like up and down every day confidence is so different than self-esteem like do I have do I have confidence yes do I have self-esteem I'm working on it right and it's (laughs) it's such a good point let's talk about that for a minute I think it's interesting too because I think the way I worded that post specifically about my stomach I didn't use any words like fat or body positivity but I still had a lot of people saying you know body positivity isn't for thin women and I completely recognized that it wasn't created by and for people who look like me but at the same time you just never know what's going on in somebody's brain you can't look at someone's body and know if they have an eating disorder or not. Right. Um, but it was a great learning experience for me as well. I love when people are correcting me on stuff like that. But the truth of the matter is that my entire life I've had people walk up to me and be like, congratulations on your baby. Right. And like to have Never people, say that to anyone no, ever. never do. And just having glimpses of the way the outside world would look at me, um, I guess I didn't, I wasn't born feeling uncomfortable in my skin, but also I was like a studio dance student for a decade and being the tallest girl who's also the largest in your class. Like I was always, you know, stuck in the back because I was so big, you know, quote unquote, relative to every other girl in the class. So it's like, it's really society reinforcing these messages, but God, it really is so much about like needing to take a step back from clothes and makeup and beauty and all the messages we're sent. Like even just landing in LA, leaving Detroit, and like I went to a restaurant and I was genuinely just like, where the fuck am I? Right. You can, I mean, like, I think I'm starting to learn about 
because all the yes. the beauty or the the the, the showy or whatever yeah, or like is fillers and oh yeah that the plastic different. surgery which like I'm not here to say whether that's right for you or not but that's it's just not, not in Michigan it's just not in Michigan it's not in Michigan it's not when I moved to LA from Michigan or was from San Francisco well actually it wasn't in San Francisco either to be honest but when I moved here I was like oh I didn't realize everyone's breasts are fake or everyone it's just a different zero to judgment but it's almost like whoa like where you Honestly, see, it's, it's jarring. The, the closer I feel like my body is to the supposed standard of what society thinks beauty is, the less good I feel about myself. Interesting. And some of the most confident times I've been are, you know, when I maybe was less like that social norm. So explain that for a minute. What do you think that is? I think it's just this preoccupation, like so many other things that we use to distract ourselves. It's like if we can focus on perfecting this external shell of ours, it's a really convenient distraction from what's going on inside of our hearts and our minds. Right. Um, I'd rather be worrying about the way I look than my childhood trauma. Right. Um, and I don't think that's why everybody... But you're saying, though, <sighs> the time for you that you feel the best, though, is when you're not worrying about your body, oh, which absolutely. is so great, which is so, like... But it's just getting people to pry themselves yeah. away from that. Like, you'll be okay, actually, when you focus on other things. But you're so right. It's about this, when you're always striving to the outset for perfection. It's about control, right? It, which doesn't really I've honestly work. learned a lot about that from my boyfriend. Um, because he feels like one of the most upsetting things for him is when people are basing their opinion of somebody on very like vain external factors and he's really kind of made me recognize how much I still have to undo like you know my impressions of like people you know like pretty privileged things are like just putting too much importance it's not that like oh disregard aesthetic in the world altogether but just putting so much of an emphasis on like humans having any like the Connecting human worth at all to an image is so sad and damaging for everybody. But he's he's helped you realize that yeah. through through just seeing how you that you're doing it, or just his opinion. Because I feel like you have such a distinct. And I'm talking about your your Instagram or your the image. Yeah, yeah. I think I definitely don't have this stuff figured out at all. Right. But also unpacking my own understanding of like. What, how I need to keep and maintain my body. Right. I mean, now I have a short haircut and I love my short hair. Oh my God, I love it. But it was definitely, I knew going from boob length hair to a pixie cut, it was going to be a challenge for me in feeling connected to my femininity, mm-hmm. which is, again, bullshit because feminist is, has nothing to do with the length of your hair. Right. But being like, oh, this is my security blanket and I'm going to rip off my security That's blanket. very brave. And, you know, like, I think it hair... Is. I did it last year. I was like, oh, <laughs> this year. I was like, Ugh. I came in my shower. I was like, I-, I have short hair. I don't feel great. Like, I was like, ugh. Then you- it's true, though. It's a thing for women, too, when you don't have it. How do you still feel pretty? And then it... And then you realize I still... It's such a good exercise. Yeah. And then it's... you're just like, let it go. It doesn't take many long, but you're like, okay, I'm still myself. I'm still carrying myself. It really doesn't matter. Everyone sees me that way, but you- there's something about hair... Yeah, and and it's like I think it's also just getting a little bit older and having a better like don't fuck with me face. But I've also (laughs) had this realization that like I am not being 
like catcalled as much, which I'm very happy about. But I'm also like I'm not getting all the unsolicited attention I used to get when I was younger. And I think really wanting to draw attention with my body and there's nothing wrong with that but it was a double-edged sword of like I want to like I love attention let's be real Mm -hmm. every human being wants attention but like (laughs) it's so funny I know what you're talking about no dude I'm there I'm there I'm like I used to hate it I got so much attention all the time from and I was like it's too much like wherever I went and then people are like oh well why are you complaining at least people like you Uh, you're gonna miss it when you're older that's the thing cat callers would say to me too well you're gonna miss it one day right and then you stop well and then it stops and then you're like okay am I not no but then you're like okay or days when you just don't feel like I haven't got cat called at all what does it mean about me it's just messed up and then you're like who doesn't love attention it's that whole thing of course we do have a show called sex with Emily but I realized I said, well, I started it 14 years ago, but I was like, I think there was something. Congratulations, 14 Thank you. years. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. It's a lot. Thank you. So cool. It was funny because I always was having about men and attention. And then once I started the show, I got a lot of attention. I think I like finally mm-hmm, was like, mm-hmm. I, and then the show also gave me more confidence just in my, you know, to be not only to be an educator, but then to be a businesswoman and all these things. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break and we come back even more Zoe. CBD is literally everywhere nowadays. I mean, for pain, for sex, for anxiety. And I've been talking about it since the first few products started coming out because I truly believe in all of it. The thing is, though, just because it's everywhere does not mean it's all the same, which is why it's so important to know where it comes from and what you're getting. Okay, Emily, you're thinking, but where do I start? Well, I'll tell you, Veritas Farms. I'm so excited because I've been obsessed with their CBD gummies. I've been popping them in the office. Veritas Farms is a leading producer of full-spectrum CBD products you can trust. I mean it. I mean, they literally run their own farms in Colorado and control the entire manufacturing processes themselves, which is more than a lot of companies in any field can say. Veritas Farms makes CBD tinctures, capsules, moisturizers, lip balms, and a topical salve that you can actually find in national chains like CVS. I use it all the time for my back pain. I use it for all my pain. I use it for sleep. You guys, you're going to love it if you haven't tried it yet. Their products use organic ingredients and they aren't throwing any like too good to be true promises in your face. Just the facts about what you're actually buying. So to check out all of Veritas Farms full spectrum CBD products, go to sexwithemily.com slash Veritas. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash V-E-R-I-T-A-S today. You know that I'm obsessed with you doing your Kegel exercises regularly. I mean, they do stop those knees and pee situations and they lead to more intense orgasms. I mean, that's why we need a strong pelvic floor. And honestly, hate to break it to you, it weakens over time. It just does. Which is where BTL and Mcella comes in. And trust me, there's a good chance it can change your life. So check this out. BTL Amcella is a large chair that you sit in, fully clothed, while it uses electromagnetic pulses to deliver 11,000 Kegel exercises in a single session. I'll say it again, just in case you didn't catch it, because I didn't believe it either. You sit on this chair for 28 minutes, and when you stand up, you've just completed 11,000 Kegel contractions. Now, I made my Kegel Camp app years ago just to help us all stay on track, but I don't think you'd ever get to 11,000. BTL Mcella is next level stuff, and people all over the world have been amazed by the results. And it's not just for women. I mean, BTL Mcella has FDA clearance for all forms of female 
and male urinary incontinence. Essentially that peeing or dripping, well, you know, when you don't want to, when you least expect it, jumping on a trampoline, when you can't find a bathroom, all that stuff. So whether you're one of the 40 million women wearing pads every day or a guy dealing with embarrassing leaks, BTLM Cella may give you your life back. There are hundreds of providers offering BTL and Cella treatments. To find one near you, go to sexwithemily.com slash BTL. That's sexwithemily.com slash BTL. I am so excited to let you know you can now hear Sex with Emily live five days a week on Sirius XM Radio. You'll find me in Stars Channel 109, Monday through Friday at 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. But don't worry, the podcast is staying right here. My brand new radio show will have everything you love about Sex with Emily and more. Because every day I'll be interviewing guests, sharing the latest news, and my favorite part, taking your calls live on the air two hours every weekday. If you're a SiriusXM subscriber, you already know how great it is. If you never tried it, get a free trial for 30 days. Just go to sexwithemily.com slash SXM. That's sexwithemily.com slash SXM today to try SiriusXM for yourself. See you there. Confidence is something that we can like foster and cultivate and grow and like create, but self-esteem is so within. Let's talk about the difference. I haven't, I mean, I I know it intellectually, but I haven't really thought about like, because there is the fault, like I think I've always been confident to do things and take on the world. Like I have been, I don't feel like I I feel like I can do anything, but I do struggle with self-esteem and I think some days it's better, some days it's off. But I, I do work on it. And I've had to do that through positive affirmations. Like not in like, I am great. I can do everything. But truly like meditation, having things around my house that help me, talking, just getting to toxic people or anyone who's negative out of my life and having people in my life who do help me, not in a false way, but, you know, like build me up. Or yeah. my staff has to do with like, was that good? Was that a good show? Was that yeah. after 14 years? So there's a part of me that's like, come on, Emily, really? Are we really doing this? But but I also... Objective input to an extent. Objective input, I yeah. think something my boyfriend Mark his name I'll say use his name Mark, Mark something Mark your says podcast, to me yeah. Yeah. yeah he'll be like 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 what are you trying to prove to people like like it looks seems like you're trying to prove something or he'll say that about other people it's like yeah they're really trying to prove something to somebody like when somebody comes in just being like like uh with a presence that feels very much for other people and not for themselves like right. I'm trying to convince the external world that I am valid and worthy because I don't feel that way inside and he had said that to me for so long and it was only recently that I was just like oh my god like the key is not trying to like prove anything to anybody else other than myself. Like right. if it's, if I feel good about me and what I'm doing, then who cares? Exactly. And you get there. It feels like you're doing such good work. Yeah. But I think that everybody has a struggle with both confidence and self-esteem. It's true. It's really true. But I think the, well, first of all, just admitting that you have a problem, that you have a challenge around it, <laughs> just knowing that we all do. And it's then with realistic. Instagram, it is. It is totally realistic. And even for men too, how do they get their confidence up? Is it a rewiring from childhood? Is a lot of it because something happened and we didn't feel great? And how do you continually? Yeah, it's so much about socialization, mm-hmm. and you know, how are you socialized, and what lessons did you pick up at a very, very early age that don't serve you right. <laughs> anymore? And, then, and then realizing and checking, going, okay. That is something that I heard from my family or my religious affiliation. Mm. And now, oh yeah, maybe that's not so true to me anymore. And you get to decide at every age to take to take a look or every time in your life when you're like, where is this? If we can just learn to do it on our own or you have a great partner or sounds like your boyfriend's great. Is he, is he here? 
No, he's not. He's back in Michigan. So how is it? I want to ask you something that everyone asks me. Uh-huh. I know you've been friends with him for a while. Mm-hmm. But truly, do you feel like there was a certain expectation when you guys were having sex finally that like, whoa, Zoe's got the sex toys and the thing and the no. Partic- no? Definitely. Well, relative to, well, other, relative to other relationships, definitely not because it was just built up on like common interests and an emotional bond like for me the biggest moment was talking about the issues I had emotionally and then being like here's a book I'm reading about it and then he like went out and got the book and read it himself I didn't ask him to right so it's like that type of stuff that I that's, get, I get that's hot, hot for me, me too. Yeah. A guy who's going to get into my stuff with me and he's in therapy and he mm-hmm. wants to do the work mm-hmm. is, is really hot. And then, But then also making sure it doesn't go into like a codependency no. has been oh another God. side yeah. of it. And that line is It's a very difficult. tricky line, but I think in some ways we are, there is a healthy codependence and then there's unhealthy and then the, it's always a line. And as long as you know what it is to keep checking in with it, because I've been down that road too. I feel like I've always been going through stuff, which has made me who I am, but then having people that aren't just like living for my stuff. But they're helping me through it Definitely. in a way that's healthy is a whole thing. But I'm glad that you're you're with them. It seems like you do seem yeah. that you're a calmer, not calmer, but more <laughs> confidence, I want to say, or energy that's just different. It's weird to not to be as sexually monogamous as I have been for this long. That is weird. So now you are sexually monogamous. It's right. like there is, we're monogamous. Right. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, like... I'm learning so much more about myself through being essentially monogamous than I have ever learned before because so many things are coming up for me. Like, would you want, because I always say that you you do your best work, I think, in relationships for sure. So what kind of things around sex maybe have you learned in the last year? Yeah, that sex was 100% a trauma distraction tool. And while I enjoyed a lot of the sex I had, it's so much easier to not think about your uncomfortable feelings about x y and z when you're like knee deep in a sensory experience and like feeling infatuated with a new person and like all those intense feelings that come with a new hookup a new endeavor and like it is really dehumanizing for the people that I was having sex with I feel like I probably passed up a lot of amazing humans because I was just trying to Again, focus on the external factors. Right. What do they do? What's their dick like? Right. How do they talk to me? Like, who are they friends with? And like, I don't think I was that exaggeratedly you know saying, well, we could all vapid. To those things. Exactly. Right. It's like, who cares? Right. Who cares how somebody dresses how or whatever? You know. Right. I mean, clearly, you want to get along with somebody, right. but so are you saying that now the sex with your boyfriend is more? intimate or it's more connected it's more I'm like did I ever have intimate sex or was it all (laughs) just like (sighs) was it all just like an experience to just to to take yourself away from it but without the emotion because you could you didn't have access to it maybe at that point but through the work you've been doing and then having this wonderful man come into your life trying to have sex like a porn star you know and not which is cool but definitely trying to be like I've got tricks right exactly (laughs) instead of like let's have our hearts bond. But do, right, right, which sounds like not sexy, but it is actually, I get it, the depth. To me, I, I crave that, but it's I don't terrifying. think I always did. But what about porn and sex, having sex? Like, I fucking find yeah. it so fascinating. I, no, we Zoe, can talk about porn here's forever. My thing. I feel like 
and this is where the difference I've seen even in the last year. And I cool. don't, and I feel like there are, it's no, but that porn, and I'm always like, I'm cool on porn. Like, use it in mm-hmm. moderation mm-hmm. if it's for the right things and not for like, that you don't want to meet people and leave your house and now you can no longer get an <laughs> erection because of all the porn. But I do feel like it is becoming more and more of a problem, especially for people who grew up with it. I just feel like it's maybe because my friends have kids who are now in that age, like 15, 14, or even 18. And they're like, oh, they they don't want to leave the house. They don't want to meet anybody else. There's just, and they're just, or my friends who are having sex with women or men, they're like, oh, they're just acting like it's in porn. Or they're choking without consent. Like all these things that it's like, I don't know what, I feel like there's like a kind of a crisis around it right now. We have to unlearn all this. I don't know what to do about it. I mean, you're doing education, I'm doing education, but do you see that it's more so lately? Have you felt that? Yeah, it's weird too to hear like literally NPR addressing it, but not having any sex educators there to shed some light on how we can handle it because they're just like, here's the problem and... And I hate when they do that. But it's I like think the CNN thing about sex, like here's all the problems with sex in the mm, world, but what's mm-hmm. the solution? If we were just able to talk about sex education, if if parents felt like they had the tools to be like, here's some age appropriate ways I can check in with my kid if they have encountered porn or how I how I can ask them if they've seen anything they need to talk about. Um or get you know, just get them the resources that are age appropriate. That's what we need to do. Because if you're, they're going to see it. So the the solution is not removing devices or putting protection, the ad block, whatever. know that. Doesn't work. Yeah. Have a conversation about it. No parent wants to do that because we live in a society that like the parent is so uncomfortable with sex that they're not going to be able to help their child out at all. Exactly. I mean, so we got to educate the, a few the parents gifted too. parents. Perhaps can navigate it without any education, but right. it's like I don't blame parents for not knowing how to handle it. But yeah. also, like My, the resources are out there, and nobody's talking about but them. But what are the best resources you think for parents right now that you think exist? I think just being aware of the reality of it. I don't in a non fear mongering way. Right. It's hard because it's like we are at this point where we understand it's a problem and we don't have like a universal accessible way to talk or to be educated about it. I'm hoping that there are some books, parenting books written about it. I'm sure I brought this up. We're working on it. Yeah. No, we're working on it. But I just feel like the more, I mean, in some there, because then I want to move on. I got to talk to you about some toys here that I'm dying to talk to you about. I just think if parents admit that this is weird for me, no one ever talked to me about it. And I don't even really know how to talk to you about it, son, daughter. But I want to keep it open. This is not a one-time conversation. If you see anything that's uncomfortable, let me know. Or let me show you this scene I just saw in this TV show that's kind of reminding me, like telling them stories about it or yeah. showing them examples. Or if there's an article in the paper about something like, oh, this reminds me. of, And then using that as a teachable moment because they're everywhere. Yeah, well, it's life. like there's sex- sexual ads everywhere. I mean, truly, the media is like pumped up with sex. And then we're like, but don't, sex in but this other format is a completely different story. And like, obviously, it's different. But I mean, without being an educator who specifically knows how to talk to kids, I would just be like, like, look at this crazy billboard. <laughs> like, isn't it? You know, like, I'd be right. like, what do you think about you that? Think? Exactly. Like, have them. There's ways you can prompt kids without like being their friend in a weird but that's way. That's the thing. You know, like, hey, tell you know, me if you yeah. get a blowjob. Also not being like a dictator. There yeah. was something I saw the other day. They were talking about how... Um, it was like a scene in, in a TV show and the mom said she was watching with her teenage daughter and said, so 
did you see how these this person's treating this young woman here and maybe their high school relationship? Yeah, I don't. You know, that doesn't look like it's very healthy. Like, how would you feel if a boy treated you like that? Because yeah. there's and then like and then just using like you're already watching the show instead of being like don't watch it or pretending that scene isn't happening. So I thought that was just a really good advice to parents to look around you every day for examples of things. Yeah, to I think use. just being silent about it is not like I think people are afraid of saying it and like sure you can say the wrong thing but if you're like doing your research even if it's just like reading a few articles like that is so much more than most people have to go off of like I think just addressing it and trying to be transparent is the best you can do or just being like hey I know this is a thing I'm not really sure like how to talk to you about this but if you ever need to talk right. about it like that is so much better than nothing. Doing it, than nothing just, and they might right, be like happen. mom but <laughs> right like two people had sex and that's why we're here like let's not make it this shameful thing okay let's go back to anime for a second which is yes. the adult novelty show that we're going to so my experience has been like i'm on the press side i'm coming but you like are going to buy great products for spectrum boutique which is your yes. your boutique so how what how do you like so much there like what do you yeah. look for or do they prep you ahead of time look for this thing look for that i was just at the expos retreat in miami oh. so i feel like it primed me well for going to and this year because i'm like Good. give me some shortcuts <laughs> i'm really excited about finding more niche things because I'm like I've got a lot of vibrators I got a lot of dildos I definitely want to get more strokers and sleeves that aren't like made silicone that aren't like made from toxic sex toy materials or like I'm really excited about like chastity like yeah, cock cages cock ca- I have so go. many thoughts about cock cages please go so, I don't think we've talked about them <laughs> ever let's explain it the whole thing I so CBX is a company that carries a really high quality cock cage, so high quality that like people are constantly ripping it off and selling it inexpensively on Amazon. CBX. Yeah, definitely do not buy on Amazon when it comes to cock cages. <laughs> You'll buy something that can like scar your penis, literally. <laughs> Public service announcements. But Zoe, so Ligon. great. Okay. Uh, CBX just got new owners. Um, the previous owners passed away, and they did a lot of research when they were like taking over the, this cock cage company. They didn't really know much about it. And they were like, apparently, apparently most people who are into cock cages, I mean, there's certainly some kinksters who are, but there's a lot of like heterosexual cis men who are vanilla. It's like, just like, a but they lot want of the vanilla cock in a cage men. that like their partner yes. has the like, chastity. Cages. And so much of it has, I mean, to us, we might still define it as kink, but I guess, I call them vanilla in the sense that these aren't people who are engaging in other aspects of kink. Like, this is it. Mm-hmm. Cock cage. Like, one... It's Don't try to blindfold me or spank <laughs> me. I'm just putting my cock in a cage. Done. I... So much of what I have to go off is anecdotal yeah, things no, I hear I don't from know customers, any, honey, too. Honey, I don't know. You tell me. I There's a lot of people who... Again, mostly heterosexual vanilla couples are like, my wife has never had an orgasm and I'm putting my dick in a cage because in solidarity. That's the thing I hear a lot. I also hear... Well, hopefully it's mouse on a cage and then you could provide <laughs> orgasms other ways. Like, so, she has an orgasm yet, but I just feel like you put your cock in a cage. But oh you yeah, there's it. like, I that's not it. the solution, but it's like part of the... The psyche, like, the play. The psych, yeah, it's the, like the intimacy in a different Got way. It. It. And I think for these people, it's also just like, we... It, it, 
isn't a replacement for sex, but it's as exciting. It is perhaps mentally. Uh, another thing is I've cheated on my wife, and now to get you know on the same footing again, I'm putting my dick in a cage. That's another thing I hear a lot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I'm like, hey, you know, if that is what something you two have negotiated, that is great. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, there's like the kinky side of it as well. I think it's so hard with anything sex researchy to get like an overall view right. on what it's no, about. But I think it's good to get let people know yeah. that that's an option. I don't think we've they, maybe they're like, oh yeah, like I didn't know it was a cage that could be the <laughs> fetish that helps me figure out how to make my you know whatever my fantasy is it's also just like sensory deprivation and like the orgasm denial thing can be very hot hot. aside of all those other things as well sometimes it's like just not having access to your dick and then how highly sensitive it feels when it comes out of there that I can see yeah that is that I can (laughs) totally get that or just like this feels naughty this feels taboo I have had one partner who tried it out with me and like we had a fun time it wasn't like our bread and butter or anything but we went out one night and he was wearing his dick in a cage and it was like definitely way more exciting for him than it was for right. me I mean like I was into it but I was also just like for him. cool like teehee you right. know like what's for dinner not as exciting <laughs> yeah. to you okay so what about um you have a video on your Instagram of balls that you can attach to dildos and vibrators Wait, oh yes. It's like, I've never seen that. Before. The so love you can actually bomb. feel the balls. It's by the same company that makes the uh, two-in-one. Oh, oh, no, no. Um, New York oh, Toy bomb. Collective, uh, Stroker, and Packer. It's okay. the same company. So the love bump is like silicone balls. It's like a cock ring. I want them. Will they be at the show? I can Jamie, totally bring you a little, okay. little set of balls. Bring me some balls. <laughs> yeah, you can make any dildo have balls so much more or realistic. your wrist and people like the slapping sensation yeah. and like the weight of balls hitting your body and usually when balls are like molded into the same thing as the dildo they don't have as much mobility to like slap around yeah. and you know like truck nuts yeah right. no I get it it makes so much sense I was like oh my god I gotta ask about that and then also okay dildos mm-hmm. the bespoke dildos <laughs> I just love the term bespoke. Bespoke. Because I think the definition is for a very particular user, which I just think is so funny. Right. Um, Because anything could be bespoke. It's true. I know like my friend runs a bespoke wine. It's called literally bespoke wines and bespoke (laughs) bespoke everything. Right. So... I think I specifically, you're probably looking at the, the, what I've been calling the vagildos, the veggie dildos. (laughs) Amazing. They're from Germany. Okay. And they're basically, some of them are literal like life castings of actual produce and some are like more like cartoony interpretations of produce, but they're all silicone, like uh, heat sensitive. So they change color. Um, I personally like the asparagus dildo the best. I also like the big corn dildo the best. Okay. Because you try, yeah, but dildos are something we don't often like. I haven't tried a ton of dildos. I, well, I think we probably talked about this last time. Size queen and wand queen. So I'm just kind of like, let's see how this goes. Right. Um, And like, I'll use the slimmer shapes as well just to get a feel for how they feel, you know. You own a shop. You got to try them all. Honestly, our best-selling dildo is a very particular dildo called the Polka Dot Jolette. Okay. Uh, J-O-L-L-E-T. And it is a dildo that is based off of a internal casting of the vaginal canal. 
So it's essentially supposed to fill up every nook and cranny. It kind of like where the pubic bone hits, it is a little bit thinner. And then it kind of like bulges out beyond there. I mean, you really have to. um, Yeah, if you search polka dot (laughs) Jolette, J O L L E T. Um, Yeah, so. Spectrum Boutique. The couple that makes this dildo. I mean, like the oh, polka, the polka dots oh. in it are part of the appeal for sure. But you know, no, the I shape s- itself is fucking awesome, and it's also a lot more intense than it looks. Like you might look at that and look like, oh, it's just kind of like a curvy dildo, but it no, is really it's kind intense. of like a prostate toy, but for yes. the vagina. You've got, you've got it exactly. Wow. But they literally found a way like a body safe way of filling up a vaginal canal with like this special the the guy who makes it basically makes a lot of different um like mechanical like I don't know I don't think I can like say his full job but he just like (laughs) he he's like a materials specialist okay so it's like definitely like high quality silicone but people are always like how did they get the mold of the vagina and like he has explained it to me so many times that essentially it's this like soft mold that can like harden without harming the vaginal canal and he took a cast and made a dildo out of the shape that he got and That's it's amazing. fucking awesome. Okay, I love did not know this. I found out about this specific dildo through Hey Epiphora, the sex toy reviewer, who was oh, one of yeah. my very, very first sex toy blogs I stumbled upon, you know, six or seven years ago okay. when I got into this yeah. industry. Um, but I was like, why doesn't anybody carry this thing? I want to see what this but is about. That's so fun because yeah. you can really go pick some things that are really unique that people don't find yeah. anywhere, which is so great. Bespoke dildos. Bespoke dildos. Okay, what are harnesses? Mm-hmm. We could, I feel like when I was saying things have been changing this year, asking about pegging, it's always been a thing, but what I love is that in the last few years, there's been more um, men on their own. Like, usually it's like, just saying like I'm interested and women on board too and they're like they're like couples what do we do where do we go for pegging so let's talk about harnesses like it used to be one or the other I heard now they're coming together I have to share I think it was the educator Carly S who okay. comes up on Twitter if you search Carly S but um dildo uh, I have to remember her blog name I'll send it to you later but I think she had this tweet that was like it's cute that straight people need a special term for strap-on sex. Like, if you need a special term for strap-on sex to make it feel cool pegging. and need pegging, like... Pegging? Don't people even know what pegging is? It's I just something that is strap-on sex, but it's, like, this special term for, like, because like, men need... I know, sex. but, like, I still use the term pegging. No, but, but I, I think it's I better. I think it's funny that there is a special term for straight people who want to have strap-on sex. Same fucking thing, right. It is the same fucking thing. Yeah, okay, so strap-on um, sex. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think the word, there's anything no, wrong but, with but the no term. No, but no one fucking yeah. knows what pegging is. And yeah. I'll be on my, like, my serious show, people are like, my friends in Michigan, and even in San Francisco, like, they're listening, and they're like, what's pegging? Every time, I'm like, okay. Yeah, well, strap I wrote on sex. one article about pegging years ago, and to this day, I'll just have people be like, hey, are you the pegging lady? <laughs> hey. I'm like, listen, listen I mean, like, so I've, many other things. I've pegged, but, like, like, <laughs> right, right. I do so many things. Do you know what else is in my wheelhouse? But what do you like? Let's talk about um, just strap on sex in general. Or, yeah, or in general or things you totally. like. Yeah. there are. And I have not done uh-huh. it. I've never, I've never strapped on I've sex. I've done it. Strapped on. I've had a handful of pegging and strap on sex experiences. Uh, again, not my bread and butter. Right. I love <laughs> it though. Like honestly, I would have a lot more strap on sex 
than I'm currently having. It's kind of just like it has to be with the right person. And I think for me, it's like I generally want to be the wearer, but it also like brings up a lot of weird trauma feelings for me, but like in a way that I really enjoy the growth of feeling connected to sexuality through a harness and silicone dick essentially um but it's like i really really love it but it puts me into such a vulnerable headspace that i have to be really like careful with it because of eroticizing trauma which can work but also is that what you're talking about like it's it's yeah like i think what also is weird for me is how some people think that strap-on sex is a fetish or a kink and i think that's also like a really straight person's view of strap-on sex as well it's just another yeah i don't see it penetrate where we all have so many holes it can feel good try it you never try it it's like even more intimate in some ways and like less kink oriented than just about any other kind of sex because it's like I'm paying a lot of attention to what's going on in my body and the receiver's body um yeah, I need to be the recipient of strap-on sex still. So putting a call out. <laughs> oh, so you're the re- oh, you've never had the recipient. I've been the strapper honor. Okay, so being the strapper honor. You know how you were saying that you didn't get a lot of pleasure from like the cock cage. What about being? What about the strap-on part of it is giving you pleasure? Um, I, the dominance or the seeing your partner in I pleasure. I'm such like I'm totally a <laughs> bottom even when I'm wearing a dick (laughs) right I agree I get it but I think for me it's like just truly looking at my or not looking at it's like feeling my body in a whole new way it is not for me aesthetically about wearing the harness and a dildo it's more about like feeling connected to a new extension of myself just like when I'm using a vibrator it's not like it's like it feels like it becomes a part of me just like when I'm wearing clothes it's like this is me mm-hmm. you know it's something that is attached to my arm now right you know um but I guess in just a more like to take a step yeah. back about harnesses in general because like I'm not really a person who has like all the strap on sex you know totally or even just I actually was just thinking about um but yeah, with the ones you like, even products wise, or what you hear yeah, people. Yeah, I I personally recommend the Jock by Spare Parts, which is just a classic go to because it's machine washable. Love it. I think that leather is great aesthetically and vegan leather. Uh, it's c- can be just as comfortable, but it's not. You can't disinfect it. Um, they're so important. For yeah, yeah. I mean, and you can't technically. I guess the correct word is sanitize or just clean because nothing can be like fully disinfected. Nothing in this world is sterile. <laughs> but I think that it's better to get a cloth harness if you're just starting out because then you, you know, especially if you don't have a committed partner that you're looking to have strap-on sex with, then you definitely want something you can wash. But leather is great for so many other reasons. It definitely, like, creates a different silhouette. Um, The harnesses by Aslan are kind of like, the Aslan Jaguar is probably one of the most popular leather harnesses, but... I also like the cloth ones because you can slip bullets in them. I like the bullets because yeah. then it's going inward. And then if you're if you're the giver, you can also have a little bit of vibrant bullets. You something your for yourself. So there's fun for the whole family. When it comes to double-ended dildos, a lot of people assume that they're supposed to be hands-free things that you can just like... Yeah, like, especially the L-shaped double dildos, not the, like, linear straight line ones. People are like, oh, the packaging says that my kegel muscles are supposed to hold it inside of my body. It's like, no, you really need to use them with a harness. So if you've tried to use the L-shaped double-ended dildos and you're like, this thing sucks, 
try it out with a harness. It's much better. Good They're not tip. for everybody, but I'm really angry that the way these things are marketed makes yeah. people think like, oh, I my well, so much of the marketing yeah. isn't great. That's why they need you. They need me. They people like us who kind of know <laughs> how to do it. Um. So let's okay. So tell me real quick. This is very helpful. So your new podcast, Hot Brain. <laughs> what are we going to find on there? Teach people they're learning. It's not all sex, but a lot of sex. Yeah. And discussion and just what real life. I like what I like about my relationship with Mark again is that he. He has now, I've given him the name Muggle Mark, meaning like he's like outside of the wizarding world of sexuality. <laughs> he hates it. He's like, don't call me Muggle Mark. <laughs> Harry Potter. I've like made it, it stick. That, yeah, it's a Harry Potter <laughs> reference. And like, I'm not a Potterhead, but uh, I, Potterhead. Still, I still appreciate Harry right, Potter. Right. But I think the word Muggle is so perfect to- for like, yeah, people outside of the world. But he is such an enthusiast about sex. He is like a huge cheerleader for all things sexuality even before he met me so he's really with the program and you know if you're not a sex educator you're not going to know all the right terminology necessarily so what I love is that like sometimes I'm correcting him but it's not like in a shamey way I think that people need it modeled I need people need communication modeled and like by no means do we have this shit figured out but I think that we've got a really we've got good chemistry um just as friends and then lovers and people who cohabitate now um we're really attached at the hip in so many ways and I think it's a really safe way for me to also be more candid in my sex education I think that a podcast as you might be aware (laughs) is so much easier than writing sometimes because people can hear your tone of voice and people aren't like what do you mean by that it's like you can speak a little bit more freely Um, And it's not that word choice isn't important, but I do feel like I'm able to speak to some more like abstract concepts in a podcast. Right. Absolutely. Especially if he's asking questions and doing it, it's playful. But it's also really important. I think that Mark is such a great example of how you can really be a sensitive person and be masculine like masculinity and sensitivity aren't two different things please we need more of that yeah and like I have a pretty big you know according to google analytics at least mostly female audience but I think that it's been really great to get questions coming from guys who are like you know questions and then I love hearing Mark address things from his point of view and again like sometimes I just am so in my world of sex education that I'm like there's too many things swimming around in my brain I need you to bring me back to like what it's like outside of talking about sex on a daily basis that's why we just yeah exactly we do it all the time but we're doing we're doing the work the important work yeah and I think it's just like so it's, it's about a match for you. I yeah. love this for you. The whole boyfriend thing and the connected. I love it. Zoe. It's about so much more than sex, though. I think that I mean he has like a, a political science background, so he teaches me a lot about kind of like community ways that communities can be more cohesive. Because I think that I don't know. I, I struggle a lot with feeling like I'm a lone wolf who floats around from friend groups, or it's like I've got a lot of friend groups, but. I'm like, I don't want to, like, I, I got to pop around everywhere. Right. I'm afraid of people getting to know the truly right. um, sometimes well, broken feeling person yeah. inside of me. And I don't think I am broken, but I, I know have so there. much vulnerable shit inside of me that I'm, I think that I have unconsciously kind of bounced around from people to people, not like burning bridges, but it's hard for me to just like fully be like, okay, you really want to know the landscape of my brain. It is difficult oh you know another thing that 
connects me with Mark a lot is that we both had OCD as younger as children Mm -hmm. um and we both have anxiety today but a lot of that was just like recently I've been learning how my OCD is still very present in adulthood just in different ways okay um and for me a lot of that is feeling like I must confess things that aren't really like things I need to disclose to people not in like an inappropriate way but like like just making sure it's okay that I did the like lots of like needing validation but also just like just want to make sure that you know I did this and that it doesn't like mess up anything that you were trying to do or like is it okay that I was thinking this thing and like yeah I do that too but that's OCD part that's an OCD I mean OCD has a lot of different ways ways of manifesting like hoarding is technically in the DSM along with OCD. She's now. looking at me, my sister. Yeah. I have a ho- I had a hoarding garage where I was had a lot of I did. I have a lot of organizers. My garage was packed. You couldn't walk in. It was a bunch of different or like literally organizer like try like, in my You gotta to organize. organize your organizers. Right. And that's all it was. And it was crazy. Well it, it is really hard. Stuff. I mean, I definitely know how intense the emotional attachment to physical objects can be for yeah. me and like my basement is kind of organized, but there's like the box of things that have such strong emotions right. that I'm like, I don't care if they need to be thrown away or donate or whatever. I'm just like, I can't address that yet. Right. And I think that OCD, but, anxiety, depression are all yeah. things that can sometimes manifest as a result of trauma as like uh-huh. coping, coping mechanisms. So he's had that too. So so yeah. you guys can sort of help because he gets it. You yeah, it's not like I need to it. explain the right or I'm sorry or here's why I did it or yeah. he gets you yeah no I totally get it I I, I mean I think I've just been really distant from that like part of my reality it's and so I, scary to disclose yeah. to people because are they going to judge me or are they going to love well and me? also OCD is the kind of thing that people are like oh my god I'm so OCD and I'm like it's I'm not personally offended when people say that but I'm just like no it's no it's really a thing a unique situation mentally and that you're fully aware of how ridiculous your thoughts and rituals are but you're still just so stuck in it and I think trauma in general can feel that way too like you know that there is a block and you can't overcome it yet you just don't know why I mean so much of mental health feels that way so what's helped you the most would you say with all these things therapy for sure exercise but not like like exercise that can feel meditative so like going on hikes Nature, really helpful. Nature's huge, yeah. Meditation, although <laughs> I love that meditation is the kind of thing that I was like, I don't know. It seems like a really lofty goal, you know. <laughs> it seems so impossible. Meditation, mm-hmm. yeah. And then I realized, like, oh, just like trying and having your thoughts clear for like two seconds can be meditation. It's like true. meditation I'm do it for isn't a minute. Like, That's what gave yeah. me permission to it. It was like when they were like, and I've done a lot over the years, but they were like, oh, it could just be a minute. I'm like, I got that. And then eventually, you do a minute, and you want to do more. Another important Sometimes. thing that I literally was reminded of in my last therapy session last week is that medication is not supposed to make it all go away. It just makes it more manageable. And I'm like on a medication that I'm not having any allergic reaction to. My last one I did, no side effects. But I was like, why am I still having these like emotional breakdowns? And my therapist was like, you had a really triggering week. Like the medication isn't going to make your triggers just vanish. You're still going to be triggered by things. It just allows you to to have some some, um, stability to kind of move on to other things. Because before the then you're just in the same loop. Yeah. So it kind of like allows you to see another perspective. 
it's still there, but then there's more accessible to you to actually start to make some other changes. Exactly. Yeah, I get it, girl. You're doing good work. Yeah. Zoe, thanks for being here. Thanks Everyone's so going to check Emily. you out. I love seeing you, and then I'm going to get to see you all week at I'm the so show. I'm so lucky. <laughs> I have to ask you some mm-hmm. would you rathers. Last oh, time you yes, were here, we yes. did some of the... Yes, okay, ready. Love this game. All right. All right. Would you rather have kinky sex or romantic sex? <laughs> oh, that is such a... Oh, you got me there. Girl. Um, I think overall romantic sex at present kinky okay, sex. Okay, I know. Different. <laughs> like in this exact moment, in this kinky moment, sex. Different. Maybe overall, different last year. Overall romantic. Okay, would you rather sleep with your best friend's parent or your parent's best friend? My face is shocked right now. <laughs> my parent's best friend or my best friend's parent. I guess best friend's parent parent just to like get as far away from my family as possible okay. <laughs> but right, like, I'm like I, I'm like that'll sorry to any friend that I, yeah like I'm like that would be so ugh. okay let's see here listen to me though I'm like getting all judgy but like I'm like I know so many people who have done that and like it's such a thing and like what, who am I best to... friend's parent or their best friend <sighs> yeah. yeah yeah I've yeah, like all the time I've heard these things. Who am I to judge? Right. Who can say? Judging. No, Who can we don't say? help this and this is just a fun game. <laughs> I'm okay. taking it so seriously. Uh, I don't know, it's good though. Would you rather make a lot of noises during sex or a really loud noise during orgasm? A lot of really loud noises during sex. Okay. Stay consistent. Exactly. <laughs> Would you rather fart uncontrollably when you come or cry inconsolably? Oh, I mean I can, I've done both. Uh <laughs> I think I cry so m- I fart so much too. Damn. Um, I guess farting because it's like so much of a release that it's like if you have any gas bubbles in your rectum, they will come out. <laughs> they will. Okay, awesome, Zoe. That is awesome. Congratulations on your podcast, Hot Brain. Yay. Everyone can try it and find you at Thangria. Yeah, that has a link to just about everything. Thing. Spectrumboutique.com is the shop. And if you ever have questions about sex products, we have a team of people who will answer all your sex questions in the Shop Spectrum Boutique DMs. All right. And this will be all in the show notes as well. Thank you, Zoe, for being Thanks here. Thanks so Love much. Having you. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you like the show, share it with a friend. Please subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Write a review. We release three a week and you never want to miss a show, do you? And I love hearing from you. So thanks to my amazing team, Ken, Kristen, Michelle, producer Jamie, and Michael. And thanks to all of you. Hey, was it good for you? Email me, feedback at sexwithemily.com. So if you've been listening to the show, it should be no surprise to you that women typically last longer to orgasm than men. This, my friends, is called the orgasm gap, and now there's something you can do about it. It's called Promescent, and trust me, this stuff really works. Promescent is an over-the-counter topical treatment that enhances men's ability to last longer. No pills, no prescriptions, and no questionable claims. Developed by urologists, Promescent isn't your typical delay spray. It's absorbed into the skin instead of staying on the surface, so instead of numbing everything, it leaves you with plenty of sensation. Enhancing your experience is easy. Just apply to the underside of the penis before sex. It's FDA compliant and clinically proven to help men last up to 64% longer. And because Promescent gets completely absorbed, it won't transfer to your partner. It's time to close the orgasm gap, don't you think? Try Promescent for yourself. Just go to sexwithemily.com slash enhance. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash E-N-H-A-N-C-E today.